Welcome to Design is Human, a podcast from the Atlanta Design Festival that presents the stories behind the humans that design for humankind. I'm your host, Elaine DeLeo, co-founder of the Atlanta Design Festival. Jonas Pedersen is the co-founder and CEO of the award-winning international design studio, Form Us With Love. He acts as Form Us With Love's primary design strategist, defining the overall vision that informs the studio's work with partners and the ventures pursued in-house. In addition to being vital in fostering their capable design team, he shares his unique knowledge of design and its business to emerging brands and industry leaders, communicating Formus with Love's vision of designing real change. Founded in 2005 and based in Sweden, Formus with Love has burned with a passion for design and its democratic potential. Its belief is that we all have a right to meaningful design. More recently, Formus with Love has been named to Fast Company's prestigious annual list of the world's most innovative companies for 2020, honoring the businesses making the most profound impact on both industry and culture, showcasing a variety of ways to thrive in today's fast-changing world. This year's MIC Award list features 434 businesses from 39 countries. Formus with Love was awarded fourth place in the design category. Let's uh, go back a little bit in time. Mm-hmm. You know, as a child, um, we're always interested in understanding what makes someone want to become a designer. What was what was it that influenced you in your life uh, to want to take this path? I mean, first of all, when I when I uh, applied for university as uh, industrial designer, I, I didn't know what a designer did. To be honest, uh, I didn't have any. You know, I, I didn't look up to other designers. For me, it was most new to me, like the designer heroes that you learn from, you know, school and you you, know, you start to study what has been done in the past. So for me, it was much more, I think, creativity overall that has been always, you know, my natural ground, um, mm-hmm. no matter if it has been, you know, I was doing a lot of, you know, setting up shows as i remember even you know at very young age uh, dancing and performing and so i think i've kind of learned and been very interested in the creative process without knowing it and just mm-hmm. testing things and especially in also in in group activities has been especially interesting i think and then in in high school i was you know just recommended to do something that you can get a job from uh, which was finance and marketing so when I mm. then later decided to to study something at university, I thought combining creativity with uh, something real life applications, as I see a designer's role, uh, it felt like a good fit, uh, and for sure it was. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really really happy that I almost on a coincidence find out that you can work as a designer. Right. I, I know. I think a lot of uh, young designers were came to it um, a bit organically without really understanding, like you said, what industrial design is. Mm-hmm. When you ended up uh, selecting that as um, what you wanted to um, major in at school, you know, what were some of the things that you created or did that really fomented it for you, made it something that you knew you were built to do? You mean in university or? Yeah, at university. I mean, I, I was lucky to have um, a very um, nice overall class like everyone was really uh was like a, almost like a family st- feeling uh but mm-hmm. i think it stood out a bit with 
with John and also pictures that we, we later uh, came out, out to start for Us With Love. So I was in the same class uh, as uh, mm. two, two friends that I started to hang out with uh, and realized uh, that we shared some, you know, common ambition, uh, you know, really curious on many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did one, one project together uh, in the second year uh, that I think was really the start of thinking about that we could actually work together. So that was maybe the moment uh, when I... Well, you, were, you knew you can make a living doing this. <laughs> make a living, I'm not sure. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> and not, instead of... Um, because, I mean, I think the, maybe the natural route would have been to either continue studying like a master, uh, which some did, uh, or mm-hmm. or get a job to to get some you know work experience, but we decided to start four months we love the same day as we graduated, so we haven't you know had any yeah. work experience before we started basically so tell us about the name form us with love um how did what does that mean to you and how did that come about i mean it it was a bit of a joke, but I think there is a lot of good things within the name that is is really linked to how we see to work as a designer or how we want to, you know, uh, uh, run the studio. So, I mean, love is obviously a very strong word, uh, when it comes to, uh, work, but I think it's definitely in our case, uh, that brings everyone together that we, we are truly passionate in what we're doing. Uh, and it's, it's really fun to be in the studio if you are as passionate as, as we are, but to not be as passionate, I think is not that fun. So, um, it's really what brings us together um, uh, as kind of the the, the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also with, I mean, we've always been really into collaboration, uh, both internally in the studio, but also understanding the, the value of collaborating with other experts um, or companies, but mainly like finding the right people to work with. And then mm-hmm. the us is, uh, I mean, we never, I mean, also the time when we started was 2005 and that was really the, one of the eras of design stars. When you went to Milan, when we started, it was, um, really big stars, um, exposing as designers. And we felt like that was not really what we wanted to do. So the us has been more important than mm-hmm. the, the me or the, you know, the, the, even if we of course are, have personal, you know, drivers, but, uh, I think the, the team is key. Um, yeah. Yeah. And form is what we, what we in the end of the day is, is kind of working on. So, so that's kind of how we saw the name. Right. Well, it's extremely unique and uh, definitely stands out uh, from other types of uh, names and studios. So you, you talk a little bit about collaboration and the importance of that. Uh, what is it like to work at Formus with Love? You know, can you explain a little bit of how that collaboration works on a project? Uh, you mean to work in, in Formas to Love or work with Formas yes. to Love? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm in, sorry. Work within the studio and uh, with mm-hmm. your, your coworkers. Yeah. I, of course, I can just relate to, to, to me and, of course, what, uh, what, uh, what we speak about. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I guess it, the answer would be maybe a little bit different. Depends on who you, who you ask. Mm. But um, as I said before, like a very passionate team and we are uh, friends. I think we are quite uh, open, so we can we constantly speak about uh, how do we feel. Is anyone stressed? Uh, is anyone uh, not feeling good for different reasons? Um, when are we at flow? 
uh, I think we are really, really interested in like how can we, as a team, get the most out of ourselves to feel you know productive and feel creative mm-hmm. because not all the time is possible. But I think if you are in a you know go to work many many days in a row or sometimes weeks and not feeling you know productive or feeling creative, that's not uh, what we wanted to have at all. So. Mm-hmm. And there is really in the work culture, like how do you how do you feel like you can be vulnerable in a team? Uh, how can you be able to mm-hmm. you know dare to do things uh, to fail to to succeed after a while and so on? So th- mm-hmm. that's kind of something we continuously trying to improve and and work on. Yeah, the culture is it sounds like is a very important part of it. Yeah, it is, but it's 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 also one aspect. I mean, th- but it's kind of fundamentally important. I think when you want to create something that is quite tough. Uh, I think that that kind of is the, the backbone. But then, of course, you need to have processes and you have different expertise to be able to work together. Um, uh, we're quite different, everyone. Um, some is really, you know, technical and some is really, you know, great in combining, uh, finding mm-hmm. out references, scholars, and some is great in building prototypes and so on. So it's, it's really mm-hmm. a team, team effort to, to, <laughs> to do what we're doing, I think. Right. Is it important to you to keep a very tight and, and well synchronized team and, and not, you know, grow too quickly? Mm, I think that we have thought about fairly much because I think growth and that kind of, uh, I mean, if you look at um, traditional companies that they usually just measure, you know, growth and and. And it's not really interesting at all. I think for us, uh, it's it's much more about like how do we, what is the quality that we, what we what we do, uh, and how do we feel about it, and how can we create something long term. Right. So in that case, it's not about you know adding more and more and more people, but just stay uh, as a small team and see if we can actually improve ourselves instead. Right. Have there been projects, you know, brands that have come to you and asked you to design something or work on it that you had to turn down because the the team just didn't feel it was the right right thing to do or the solution wasn't there? Mm. Uh, sure. I mean, we we working constantly also on that. Like, what do we? I don't know. For us, at least, it's like two things is is super important. It's like what do we start and what do we finish which sounds like there is just a start and a finish. It's kind of a circular thing. But what we decide to start is is definitely uh, so important, uh, what we're able to accomplish as a result. As like if we would run a restaurant, if we would buy uh, bad ingredients, it's really hard to make fantastic dishes. Um, and if we if we're not able to work with people that has the same ambition and have skill sets that we don't have, uh, we're not able to do what we're doing right now. So it's it's a kind of a big part of our job to find out who who to work with uh, in on both sides and how do we set up the right conditions to actually, you know, work uh, with creativity as we want to work with. Because um, I think creatives are are usually very <laughs> positive and and optimistic and you tend to kind of run into new opportunities all the time and you see opportunities as a creative. Um, but I think it's easy to just jump on things and not really thinking about how we set up 
um, the best possible conditions for a creative work. So that's right. that's key, uh, and that's something everyone is involved in in the studio. Right. Mm. How do you keep the team fresh? How do you uh, keep new ideas flowing? You know, I know like some firms, like uh, big, they'll go on. You know, they'll travel. They'll go. They'll take the whole team to Milan, or they'll take them to a, another mm. city or location. Is that something that you also do? I think we do quite many different things. Um, I mean, one one thing is to build in things into the process where we have to step out from our regular uh, studio environment. Uh, traveling, of, obviously, is not that much at the moment. Uh, and, right I think now, we, yeah. and I think we will travel way less after this crisis uh, because we've learned how to do things um, also on, on, on different digital tools. Then we have a lot of uh, things like we, we said we, we, we would like to test if we can actually work less. So we implemented like every Friday we work only on venture projects. Uh, we implemented uh, five weeks holidays kind of standard in Sweden, but we are now mm. up almost at nine weeks mm. um, just to see if we can actually be even better by working less. Um, are we able to say no to more things? And the ones we're actually doing, are we actually doing better with those? Uh, mm-hmm. And so far, we we have actually <laughs> proven that it actually works. Uh, so with more more t- time off, we're doing better uh, from from our understanding. Uh, mm-hmm. So and yeah, I mean team activities and, and those things. But I, I think it's it needs to come down to. I mean, if you if you are a professional football player, you you're not uh, your your focus is to play football, and the same I think for us. So I mean, our drive is to spend time on the creative process and and do that. It's our passion. But sometimes, of course, we we go travel together. We do you know silly stuff and play a game mm-hmm. and so on. But mm-hmm. I think work is really what we what connects us. Uh, right. And how, how has the collaboration been happening now that with COVID and you're working from home, are you utilizing, you know, online tools like Zoom and Mm. video conferencing? Uh, I'm, I'm so surprised how fast, and I I think it's, it goes for, with of course, many, many people in the, what I've heard that it's kind of fast to transfer, to change Mm -hmm. to, to a new normal. and luckily we you know we work internationally so a lot of the meetings is online and and use the tools since before Mm -hmm. so that was not so hard but we haven't really done before is like usually do meetings but how do you do you know creative workshops that's that's something we always do in the studio or at uh, the location of of a client or so but now we actually run creative workshops online um, which has been also really, really interesting to, to, you know, to develop that. Right. I want to ask you a little bit about, um, your exhibitions and the, um, the experiences that you create, um, like Prototipa to, to promote your work and the brand. How important is that to what you do in addition to, you know, the actual designing of, of products and solutions? I mean, if we look at where we come from, it has been uh, an essential part of the studio. When we started, we we basically were setting up parties to to get in contact with uh, you know people we want to work with. Um, so that that kind of grow grown the first year into 
becoming like the event to go to during Stockholm mm. Furniture Fair until we came to a point where we asked people what they thought about when they thought about Foremost with Love. And it was a great party <laughs> organizer. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, bringing people together and, you know, that has always come kind of natural to us, but we have changed, you know, focus quite much mm. since I would say five, six, five, six years back where we have, you know, majority of the time is much more on, you know, the actual work. Um, mm-hmm. But then setting up a platform like Prototype has, has, is really a passion project. It's, it's like pro bono, mm. just like of interest, uh, you know, how can we learn from each other? So, so Yeah. And, and with Prototype, what, what is it that you hope to garner from doing that exhibition? Is it discovery? Is it in the interaction with folks that come through? What are your goals with that? I mean, I, as we're doing lectures sometimes uh and i think lectures are it's it, it has uh, of course good points but i think it's also missing out on some aspects that a person who is on stage has practiced what to say so it's usually mm-hmm. not that that interesting mm. uh, whether when you you know just sit down over a dinner and discuss with someone you can go a little bit in in depth and you you know mm-hmm come into different topics and prototype was really that, uh, to us, like, how do you, how do you have a really interesting person that knows a lot of things, but we, instead of preparing a presentation, like bring your prototypes, uh, which is from the start, uh, not a polished result. Mm-hmm. So bring the prototypes, we moderate the speech and people around the table can really also take part on the discussion and, and learn from it much more. So, um, right. yeah, it has been, uh, when it's, when it's, when it's good, it's fantastic. It's, it's yeah. really, uh, something to, um, you know, remember. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope we can bring it to Atlanta at some point. That would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah would love to. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the focus that Form Us With Love has on sustainability and using reclaimed materials. You've, you've done that with a number of projects. Um, I know you did work with Ikea on redesigning uh, kitchen materials. Why is that so important to you and Form Us With Love? I mean, it, it, it hasn't, uh, it's nothing new. Uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, when we did our exam projects 2005, it was about uh, recycled aluminium and how to, you know, how to use that in an efficient way and how can it come back to its stream and so on. So it's just like the world is, has changed quite much. Um, mm-hmm. I think partly from, you know, we've been through uh, a big financial crisis, 2008. And before that, it was very conceptual and people didn't really think about, you know, how can we use resources in an in a efficient way? But, you know, after that, um, I think that has been more of a, a topic. Consumers are more aware, uh, of what we, what we, what we buy and what we consume and the industry has to change. Mm-hmm. So I think we've just seen it as, uh, you know, it's, it's just so many positive things with it. So we, as designers, we can, we can feel like we have uh, a bigger meaning uh, and we can really contribute, you know, by being the one connecting the dots between material experts or recycling companies. And you need to look at this as quite holistic. And, and that is really the job of the designers today. And then it becomes much more challenging. So, I mean, make beautiful stuff. It's not easy, but it's not, 
as we see it, it's, it's, it's not enough. Uh, it mm-hmm. won't be relevant to just have beautiful furniture uh, in the future. So, and that adds complexity as being a designer. Um, so sometimes maybe you don't even notice it from, from the consumption or the consumer perspective, but it's so much work put into solving something like using a, a stream of recycled material that you haven't used before. You need to mm-hmm. design differently to do that. And that's hard. Yeah. Uh, and no, not everyone is willing to do that uh, effort. But as soon as cons- consumers are not buying things that are you know, wasteful and, and worse than mm-hmm. other things, we will, we will not see the change. Right. Do you feel brands are becoming, I mean, I, at least within the United States, you know, sustainability and um, reuse of material is, is becoming much more important. And uh, I think brands and manufacturers are, are really trying to invest in that, but more so in Europe, it's, it's just been a been there for a much longer period of time, but you know, like company IKEA uh, in the U.S. is considered, um, their, you know, a lot of their furniture is considered disposable. Mm. And um, you know, how do you how do you work with a brand that you're trying to push in the direction of using sustainable or, or re- renewable materials? What's that conversation like? Uh, I think first of all, it needs to be on a on a on a very top level um, mm-hmm. because otherwise it becomes greenwashing could be um, uh, something that happens. But if it's, if it's a strategic decision from uh, a big organization to actually make a real effort to transform, then I think you can really make a, a huge difference uh, as a designer to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. But it needs to come from the top, top management that sustainability is not something fun. Uh, it's something we have to do. And to be honest, uh, I mean, the way companies think is like, how do we continue to have growth? Of course, you have people behind these brands, but uh, I think as long as we're not creating, you know, um, fun- financial strength or a growth, mm-hmm. um, it needs to be in combination with sustainability. Then you can have a quite a good impact. Right. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other projects that you've done, and and maybe one or two that you feel are very close to your, to your heart or that have really addressed, um, an, an issue or a problem that you felt needed to be, um, solved. Hmm. I mean, many of the things we're working on right now is, uh, luckily some of the ones that I'm the more, you know, even more pr- proud of. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that comes <laughs> naturally when, uh, things evolve and, and gets better, but we, we have the opportunity right now. I can't really say so much but details but like really work on like how uh waste in people's home can be reduced mm. uh, which is i think a huge problem uh and something that people get quite aware of when you start to not just see everything that you consume in your home as trash but you actually start to divide it up in different mm. resources you, you you tend to be more aware of like well am i consuming this amount of you know, paper every week, uh, this amount of uh, clear glass, uh, this amount of plastic. And I think the next step is to really understand what's the difference of different, you know, plastics. And so, I mean, it's just getting, getting more informed and then to, and to be able to work on that, I think is, it, 
it feels amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that could, of course, turn out to be new products or new solution, but it doesn't start uh, from let's design another share or let's design another lamp. It needs mm-hmm. to start from how can we improve life at home or how can we improve life at, at work? Um, right. Uh, and I think that's really what, what makes us tick at the moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe you asked for like concrete examples of what we have, yeah. have done. Yeah, of course, we, I think overall, we are not so good in, you know, looking back. Uh, it's, it's really one of the things that we rarely, oh, we have done this and we kind of coming back to it all the time and, and celebrate uh, mm-hmm. uh, because we usually see all the things that has, could have been even better uh, because things are changing. So something that we have done um, now, maybe launching now, started three years ago and and maybe resources or material was different three years ago than it is today. So things are, as we see it at least, things are improving all the time. But of course, we coming coming back to that, I think talking about Baux is definitely uh, yeah. a project that uh, feels you know, really good in many different aspects. Uh, uh, I think what we have um, accomplished with, together with a very good team at IKEA, I think is something we're really proud of because it's such a big complexity to go from a brief to something that has an impact Mm -hmm. uh, at that level. Uh, You've done a number of projects with IKEA. Is is one specific that you want to call out? Uh, I think the Odger uh, project, uh, which is a share, um, made from mm. recycled content has many, many different, uh, you know, levels of, uh, things that we are mm-hmm. you know, happy with. I mean, it really came from, from top management that, that they said, we really want to transform, you know, using different resources and see if we can actually have the starting point of, uh, recycled wood and recycled plastic to do something mm-hmm. uh, new that um, is premium, uh, can reach uh, the, the modern con- consumer. So, and as we all, all see, IKEA, I think is, is about being also easy to transport, uh, being flat pack or semi flat pack. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the things we looked into, like how do people, young people uh, now in the future would look at like uh, manuals and, you know, putting things together uh, and it's it's not really looking in manuals but it's like how can we make something as easy as possible to mount and make mm-hmm. it also fun i don't know if you've seen it but it's basically a handle that we developed um, as a yeah. completely new way of mounting a furniture and it's it's really easy to do it it goes fast um, mm-hmm. and it's safe it can be applied on other uh, things as well Right. Is that in, is that in production right now? Is that in the stores? Sure. Yes. Okay. Um, and I think also, um, a job as, um, you need to understand who you're working with when you're working as a designer, because you can't do, which makes me also, um, I was really upset or, uh, <laughs> um, annoyed about when we started, because it seems like ideas in design industry is just, you know, changing from, from one company to another. So you're mm. sketching around and that idea could actually be on one brand and it can move, move to another brand, which is complete opposite of, of how we work. We work specifically yeah. on, on collaboration together with a brand and then develop something that makes sense for that brand based on, 
you know, the need mm-hmm. or uh, the production methods they have and so on. And working with IKEA and that scale, it's, it's, it's really, really hard to make something tick in all the different boxes, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And it well, also makes it fun. Yeah, it's really fun yeah. to do that because it's, it's more challenging. Fun is definitely a part of your branding. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about Box. As, um, with full disclosure, um, Ma, which is a producer of Land Design Festival, is a Southeastern U.S. agent for Box, which is uh, your acoustic material solution. Let's talk a little bit about how that came about. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything started basically when we, uh, when we moved to uh, a new studio here in Stockholm. And mm. that space is is pretty high high ceiling, um, basically one big room uh, with balcony, mm-hmm. uh, and we realized the acoustic was um, horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it kind of strikes us that okay, when you have a problem, it could also be a problem of other, uh, and it's usually how you you kind of test ideas. You speak to people, and they say. Uh, this is a problem and then you start to kind of okay maybe we could check if that is a problem of, of many and mm-hmm. acoustic was really uh, a problem of many uh, we found a factory uh, that was doing acoustic materials uh, and that mm-hmm. was made from uh, wood water and cement we went to the factory uh, which we usually do uh, and try to understand like how what is the you know uh, the properties and how it's produced and what is the the good things and mm-hmm. this material has many different good things it it's fire or it's acoustic from 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 the from the start which is kind of the the need that we have uh, but it's also fire resistant and mm-hmm. uh, water repellent and so on uh, and we saw that you had these factories all around the world that producing that material uh, but it seems like they are really they tapped into more of an, a building material area. Mm-hmm. So we're not tapping into interior mm-hmm. as we saw it. So we just you know prototyped something. Uh, we made an hexagon. Um, we asked if we could you know order some samples from the factory. Mm-hmm. We put up this on our wall. And as we were in, in, you know, opening our studio, we just took some photos and those photos were, um, starting to be a bit viral is maybe a strong word when, but it it was, was getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, so obviously we were, I think was the good timing for (laughs) the need on the market and the solution that we, what we brought to the table. Mm -hmm. So that was really kind of a pre-study and a test before Box was actually founded, mm-hmm. and now you're evolving the brand uh, with the 100 percent organic pulp. Yeah. And so, talk a little bit about um, you know what where you see the evolution of the product headed, whether it's the wood wool or the the pulp. I mean, where where acoustics is is heading, I I, I think is the interesting part. If you look at uh, lighting, for instance, that's an area that has been uh, very developed. Uh, the last decade, mm-hmm. um, partly through political, you know, decisions of transforming into you know low energy um, light sources, but also like how we use light um, in a different way. Um, yeah, you can you can create different moods with light depending on you know if you want to 
are many, many people or if you're a few people and you can bring energy and so on. And I think when we thinking about ac- acoustics, we're still in that level of like, we need acoustics, mm-hmm. but it's not at the level where, uh, how do we create really an acoustic environment? Uh, like, mm-hmm. Of course, when you do it in opera or so, they are thinking about the acoustics in a holistic way. Yeah. Uh, but when we designing uh, spaces, we're not thinking about acoustics in a holistic way, that the environment mm-hmm. can change in the morning from in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I think from this is really uh, what I hope acoustics can do, not only for bulk, but can it actually you know, be adapt- adaptable for the need that it we it requires in a in a space mm-hmm. a classroom might need very different acoustics if it's a focused hour or if it's like a you know workshop or playground uh, mm-hmm. hour uh, and could acoustics actually change i think that would be really really interesting as, right as a starting point for for the future right have you considered maybe creating actual pieces of furniture with the, the material or, or pieces that move around? Mm. Uh, I mean, we, we constantly explore uh, things at Baux. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we, we were part of starting it, which has um, the, the value that it's, it's definitely design-driven. So we have like a forum where we discuss new ideas and so on. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to make a real impact on the basic need of acoustics, you usually need to cover uh, fairly big areas. So mm-hmm. that's why we haven't really worked on yeah. like, you know, acoustic lamp or um, a smaller, you know, yes. so far. Right. Dividers, things yeah. like that. Okay. But, but those products is really, really important as well. So, mm-hmm. but we, I think we also felt like there is so much in the market. Mm. So what can we contribute with? Right. Um, that's not already there. Right. Let's uh, talk a little bit about also um, your a new initiative for Go. Mm. Tell us about that and how you're getting into uh, that, that space itself. Mm. I mean, we, we, we built in um, um, kind of time into our work to be able to do ventures. So, um, Forgo is kind of a result of us having time to think about problems, uh, and what kind of solutions we can bring to, to the market. And, and Alan, who works in the studio, uh, he, he was really thinking about like the ways that personal care is creating, like soap, toothpaste, shampoo, mm-hmm. all these products. And when he started to do some research, he found out that it's mainly water. So uh, if you buy soap, for instance, which is now mainly the market is in, in liquid soap, mm-hmm. um, you're buying, you know, 80% water. Yeah. Um, and I think we have been discussing quite much in the studio, why do we actually buy tap, uh, you know, bottled water in Sweden? Mm-hmm. We, have, we have perfectly fine water in our taps, but still people buy Mm-hmm. plastic water and at the fairly high price for something that is for free. So yeah. it has been also like discussion, like why is it so wasteful both in economy and for the environment? Mm-hmm. So that was the starting point for, for when then we, 
just had a, you know, we started to get in contact with different labs to actually see if, if it was possible to reduce the water and see water as a resource that you can actually take from your tap at home. So Forgo is basically the start, the first product is launched and, and that's soap. Uh, and what we've done together with the lab, we are uh, taking out the water in liquid soap uh, and basically be able to ship that in uh, similar to a tea bag um, in a normal envelope straight to your home. Uh, and just by refilling your uh, your ex- existing bottle that you get when you purchase mm. this at the first time, uh, we just reduce uh, you know transportation and uh, waste of plastic um, uh, at a very big scale. So that's that's basically for going a, in a short yeah. short. Is uh, that um, available in just in Sweden, or is it being um, is it is your plan to have that worldwide? That's uh, worldwide. We were launching through Kickstarter in the States, actually. Okay. Um, before Corona. So it was, I, I, it was like March. Mm. Uh, yeah, March. We did like one month and we were doing quite well. Now, unfortunately, the, um, you know, the production facilities are uh, a bit on hold. Yeah. Um, but the first products will be delivered in in September as it looks now. So it will be that the, the, your, your, your question was if it will be delivered in, in the States and the, that's yes. Yes. Great. Mm. Well, I can't wait to, to uh, purchase it. Um, are there any other projects uh, coming up for form us with love that we should know about? Mm, we're doing quite much in the, in the States at the moment, which is, which is great. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Uh, Neocon is not happening. That would have been uh, a few, uh, yeah. as we saw it, interesting launches. We think everything is, is interesting, but it's, of course, in very different ways. But one thing that strikes my mind is that something we're working in, in Sweden on, uh, which has the same problem uh, in many different countries, most likely in the States as well, where the glass industry, which has been quite prom- promising and prom- yeah, good in, in Sweden, uh, but now it's not as as good, but they were basically uh, adding up on glass waste, and that was dumped into the ground, mm. you know, outside the, the the factory or the workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in that area where where we are right now, that they have around two hundred thousand tons of glass waste, which is kind of polluting the the groundwater. Uh, mm. But it has been too costly to take it up. So now we have formulated a, a joint venture between uh, a really big recycling company and the glass um, uh, factory to make uh, the glass come up from the ground, separate the the what do you say the toxic material, and, mm-hmm. and make a new business case for for the glass. So mm. basically, transform it from waste to something meaningful where i feel like we can if we can solve that we can actually move that same process to you know czech republic or italy or you know the mm-hmm. states which would be you know a huge benefit from the you know not polluting the groundwater and uh, yes in those areas yes um just one final question you know plastic is just really become um something that we're just producing way too much of it and a lot of it is just ending up in landfills, um, kind of what you've just done with glass. Are you, are you looking at 
plastic? Um, I mean, obviously you utilize that material with, with recyclable plastic, but what about plastic in general? What are your thoughts? Like, how can we reduce that? Uh, I mean, I think we need to, we need to be informed um, because it's sometimes it feels like we are adapting very easy solutions. If we say, for instance, plastic is bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we just try to find easy solutions. Like, if it, of course, it's good to reduce, you know, the number of plastic bags when you go buying H and M clothes. But if you're not looking at your main problem, which is the the plastic that you have in the clothes, you're not really, you know, you're mm-hmm. willing to face the real problem. So, I mean, sometimes a product made from plastic is could be the best solution. But in many cases, of course, it's, it's used too much. Uh, so we, I think we try to seek for the information from experts and see what kind of footprint is each material that we use having uh, and then made a decision from that instead of just saying we won't use this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I think it's from case to case and depending on what you're doing uh, right. would be my <laughs> short answer. The final question for you is why design is human? We're not, we're not there yet for sure, but I would love uh, design to be more than human. Um, mm-hmm. If we see design as human, um, we tend to put humans on, uh, on the top of the pyramid all the time. And I think the, the sustainability issues that we're now facing, uh, we realized that the, I mean, the, the earth doesn't really need humans, but we need the earth and we need, you know, the resources and we need, you know, the environment, the, the animals and the plants and so on. So I think if we would do our job properly, which I hope we would do in the near future, we would definitely see it as, you know, design is life or, you know, it's, it's, connected to many different things. Design is Human podcast is brought to you by the Atlanta Design Festival. Special thanks to Jonas Pedersen, Form Us With Love, Box, and our producer, Matt Owen. Until next time. <laughs>